Hello and welcome to Brand New Me with Shate. I'm your host, Shate Thompson. So excited to be here with you today. Welcome, Chastity. How are you today? I am well. I am well. How are you, Shate? I'm doing well. Welcome to Brand New Me with Shate, and we are here for the girl chat. I'm excited to have you here with me today. I'm excited to be here. Well, today we are dibbling and dabbling into parenting as a single parent. And this, I know for myself, has been a journey, right? So um, I think it'll be really, really nice for us just to have a conversation about it. Talk about our our own experiences or what was it like for you? Um, So, ma'am, let me just start with how long have you been a single parent. Ooh, okay. <laughs> so I'm officially divorced 10 years. We were separated for a year and a half to two years before that. So I'm going to say I've been a single parent since January. No, January is when I said I wanted to divorce. Yeah. So two months later, if not a month later, I moved out. So I'm going to say I've been a single parent since February of 2011. Wow. Mm. Yeah, as I'm asking you, I'm like, dang, can I even do my math? I feel like it's been, it's been like almost, it feels like almost, it can't be almost 20 years, but it's been a long time. It's been, baby, <laughs> it's been since, uh, let me see, yours is 2011. For me, it's 2014. So. Yeah, but my divorce was finalized in like 2020, 2012. But I'm gonna just say, I'm gonna just say 2011 was when I became um, a single mom. I actually asked for the divorce when my child was about six months old. So, mm-hmm. and I'm a, you know me, I'm an action person. So when yeah. I asked for, I think he thought I was joking or that I was just playing because mm. like there was nothing really wrong at that time. But just the buildup of everything had kind of just hit the fan for me and yeah and I, I needed to exit so yeah I, just, I found me a place to move the next month it was like mm-hmm. hey I don't know where you going <laughs> but we getting up out of this house so oh, you weren't playing no games <laughs> wow yes ma'am Woo. for myself I know once I became divorced in 2014 and we started like right when we got divorced everything started so the the co-parenting, all of that, man, it was hard for me to let my children go to their daddy when it was time for like that, that time sharing. Ooh, that was so difficult in the very beginning. Now, you know, as time has progressed, I value, like I started to value the me time, you know, but in the very beginning, it was so hard to let my babies, they were how old around like six and maybe six and eight around that, that time. So to have them leave me and then go spend time with their their dad, I knew it was important, but I I missed my babies. I missed being able to have them in my presence and know exactly what's going on with them at every moment. <laughs> yeah, so for me, I actually, I didn't, we didn't do the shared parenting thing in a way, like the of the weeks and stuff initially. Okay. Mm -hmm. we lived in the same place so we would just like 
wherever they kind of needed to be or wanted to be. I tried that split week thing, but I don't know that that really worked. Mm-hmm. It worked better when we were in the same place, but I actually moved away in 2014 mm-hmm. and moved to Port St. Lucie, which is where I ended up meeting you at and where mm-hmm. I ended up starting my businesses at. And when I moved away, then it was more like he had them on the weekends. I had them during the week. Mm, you know, yeah. I gave them to him on the summers and the spring breaks and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But um, I think there's been a recent shift. I let my son move with him about a year and a half, almost two years ago. Okay. And uh, which is why I'm now back in, in another part of Florida so I could be closer. Right. But now the struggle is that for once, all the kids are not under the same roof, which is what I always didn't want to happen. Mm-hmm. and now it's like you can't have them every Christmas bro mm-hmm. like yeah you've gotten them every Christmas before right. but that was because they lived with me and I had them all the time so now it's like trying to transition from the spoilness of the situation that I've mm-hmm. created for both him and the kids because we've right. never had to deal with you know those types of problems to now like okay well I let you get them last Christmas this Christmas is mine mm-hmm. and I don't really care about anything anybody has to say this Christmas is mine and I should have all my kids with me for Christmas so you all don't have something like I like for me I have something through the courts but it sounds like you don't necessarily have the oh no yeah absolutely the parenting plan was put in with the divorce decree Mm -hmm. but the the courts also say if you can agree upon something you don't have to come back to us to to navigate so we've never had to go back to court Mm -hmm. uh you know since like january of 2012 like we just haven't Mm -hmm. we 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 tend to do very well co-parenting so we don't normally have to do that we sometimes have words Mm -hmm. we sometimes bump heads but for the most part the goal is to put the kids first. Definitely. And we really don't typically have issues. The only issue that I've had really now is that I'm back this way and I don't get my son as much as I would mm-hmm. like to because he's busy you know, training for football, this seven on seven and all-star games, like all this stuff. Yeah. But my, my philosophy is that you should never be too busy for your mom, like mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. Nothing you're doing should deter you from being able to spend time with your mom so for me the biggest struggle right now is being able to spend time with my son not that I don't desire it not that I can't make the time but that it's just not happening and then I set up days and times where I'm supposed to get him so those are the days that I'm not working late right those are the days that I'm you know that I'm not trying to run my business which pays to keep the lights on you know um because I feel bad if I get him and I have to work you know because then he's here kind of twiddling his thumbs on his phone Mm -hmm. watching the tv playing the game instead of being able you know spend quality time with me so the struggle right yes Yes. for me struggles for myself it's probably like two things that I say are have been struggles one is it gets tiring having to make all the decisions, right? Like for myself, I have something called like parallel parenting where what happens in my house happens in my house, what happens in his house happens in his house. And we don't necessarily have that beautiful co-parenting relationship where we are able to talk about parenting the the kids as a unit. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it happens, but it happens in ebbs and and flows you know I'm the one that's always trying to communicate and sometimes it goes over sometimes it doesn't so it's gotten to a place now where it's difficult sometimes when I I know that I'm wearing this this hat and sometimes there's just 
things that are heavy or, you know, when you have a, another parent, you can bounce thoughts and ideas and all of these things off of the other parents or the other person that, you know, is your person or whatever. Right. But I don't, I don't have all of that. So sometimes it's heavy trying to make sure that I'm making the right decisions because we don't have a manual. <laughs> so we're trying to make the best decisions for our kids. So I say that is sometimes a challenge where, you know, you got to make all of these decisions on your own. And it's great to have a support system that you can at least talk things out with them, but it still falls on your head to make the decisions. Um, so yeah. I'm going to say that that has been one of the challenges. Um, Another one is, you know, that I, I don't want to say it's mommy guilt because I really haven't experienced mommy guilt per se, but something that I have experienced is, you know, I'm very empathetic and I teach my children to be able to be in tune with their emotions and all of that good stuff. But sometimes when, as they got older, it got to a place where it can come across disrespectful <laughs> because they're speaking their mind and they're opening up about how they feel and why they feel a certain way. So every so often I have to have, you know, a little really nice little chat with them to let them understand, no, where uh, this is not a time when you're able to share with me how you're feeling. This is a time when I said what I said, and that's what it is. But that has been a journey in its own because, you know, I've taught them how to have a voice for themselves and it, it gets sticky in this relationship sometimes as a single parent. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I just feel like... Um... You know, we do the best that we can. Some of us had great parents, others of us didn't, or we had absent parents. Right. And I think all of that kind of plays a role. You know, I've written about it in several different aspects, you know, my mm -hmm. upbringing and what it was like. My sister uh, says that in a more real and raw way. And I think mm -hmm. maybe her experience was a tad bit different than my experience mm -hmm. as well. But I do know that, you know, our mom wasn't parented by her mom. She was parented by her our great great grandma mm -hmm. and so things looked a little bit different you know my grandma went to college she didn't finish but she went to college and was doing other stuff so my great great grandma was helping out with with my mom and it just seems like we really didn't get my mom was there she mm -hmm. was present but we really didn't get what we needed from my mom mm -hmm. right like she kept a roof over her head you know she taught us some life lessons but after my stepdad, um, and I say stepdad, even though he died before they could get married, but after he died, everything changed, right? Mm -hmm. And he died, I don't know, I was like 12 or 13 when he died mm -hmm. and my whole life changed. Mm -hmm. And so all I strive to do is to be a better parent than the parents that I had, right? To create a better, uh, a better environment and, a be and better opportunities for my children but I also can understand realize and recognize when I fall short but also I can grant myself grace mm -hmm. so I'm not out here trying to be parent of the year right but I'm also trying to teach my kids real life lessons and I know when they get older the things that they don't like that I say or that they feel I'm being I don't know harsh on or as my daughter would say you're a boomer which is like my grandma really not me but whatever um you know, that they can look back and say, you know what, my mama tried to tell me this mm -hmm. and I didn't understand it then, yes. but I get it now. And I'm yes. grateful for that, you know? So, you know, and trying to change the course 
of the world as it exists in the spaces that I, uh, the spaces that I, um, I guess, live and thrive in from a career standpoint, mm-hmm. that maybe one day they will understand the significance of those things as okay. well. But I've, I have some pretty awesome children, though. Mm-hmm. I got to say that they may not always do what I want them to do. Right. They may not always make the best life choices. But they're pretty darn awesome. Yes. You know, they get yes. good grades. They're, you know, they are active. Mm-hmm. You know, I got some pretty good children. I can't complain. That's beautiful. Yeah, I, I think we, we all can definitely be proud of our kids and, and the way that they're, they're growing in, into themselves, right? And I know that I sit in awe as I look at my, my eldest um, because I, I, she's really close to her dad and we have a good relationship, but I think um, she gravitates to her dad a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And I always sit in awe as she is saying more and more, she's about to be 17 and she's vocalizing more and more of different things that she's getting from me or she has learned from me or she's speaking up or has her voice or she has a filter (laughs) or she's careful with the way that that she interacts with others like there's just different things like I'm like who the seeds that I've planted (laughs) I can see that they're they 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 they're growing and blossoming so yeah that's really nice to see so yeah good stuff very good stuff okay and what do you look forward to as a parent um um, you know I'm contemplating uh you know having more children as I'm I'm planning to um venture into a new marriage Mm -hmm. um, next year Uh, that's the plan 2023 and so after all this time you know I am going back and forth about whether I want more kids or not right Mm -hmm. somebody say you're crazy because you got like one grown one almost grown and one that's completely self-sufficient and so like why would you go and have another kid so right now those are conversations that I'm having with my partner because he Mm -hmm. only has one child and his child is grown we got what they'll be 21 20 16 and 12 this year and so Mm -hmm. to start over is a huge gap Mm -hmm. but also where we're both at in our careers and you know like how would that lend to because my thing is I don't I spent a lot of my time when my kids were younger being busy building what they see now right being busy working because you got to grind in the beginning you got to get it Mm -hmm. and then when you go from a two-parent home whether you made the most or not you go from a two-parent home to a one-parent home that hits different everything is your responsibility Mm -hmm. at that time you know what no alimony what no child support Mm what no you know nothing like that although they've got some benefits because their dad is disabled but barely scrape the surface when you got kids that are extracurricular activities that mm-hmm. take a whole lot of money right. my kids were competitively dancing mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever had a kid in competitive dance but it is expensive I mean we're talking application yes, fees, I understand. hundreds of dollars mm-hmm. but anyways um not travel fees costumes all the stuff mm-hmm. but they were always active but anyways um so right now that's something that's heavy on my mind and then I wonder because I'm at a different place in my life and my partner hits different at this point in my life, Mm -hmm. how different us having a kid would be compared to them and then how they would feel about that. Mm -hmm. That's a big one for me because I would be able to literally 
like if I don't want to work I wouldn't have to work you know with with this next uh baby or kids Mm -hmm. and I would be able to really be more hands-on I'm not a stay-at-home mommy material type person Mm -hmm. so it's not gonna happen I'm not gonna be a stay-at-home mom but what I would be able to do for this child or these children would be different than what I was able to do for mine so that word that concerns me or that's something that I think about um, another thing that I think about is my, my grown child, which I call them junior adults because they're mm-hmm. not really grown. They just grown I like that. I'll, I'll adopt that. That's junior <laughs> adults. Yes. Um, you know, my junior adult is supposed to be going to college in Korea, you mm-hmm. know, so getting my junior adult ready and prepared for that and to be on the other side of the world is something that I think about often. Yeah. And it kind of scares me because we sheltered her. You know, I was working, paying bills and everything at 16. Mm-hmm. So what I didn't want for my kids was for them to repeat that pattern. Right. Because right. I now realize me working and me doing all the extracurriculars and the clubs and all the things that I did was actually a coping mechanism. So I wasn't at home. Mm-hmm. I can see that now. I didn't know that at the mm-hmm. time. I'm just full of energy. I love to be busy and all of these things, but I was, it was a really a coping mechanism. And what I was really doing is avoiding home Mm -hmm. and avoiding whatever it was, the voids or whatever it was that I was feeling. So I worry about that because I sheltered, we sheltered her and now she's a junior adult with little to no life experience. And so I'm trying to do like a crash course before she goes, Mm -hmm. trying to allow for her to have independence at the same time, trying to you know, be there to show, lead, guide, teach. And that relationship between she and I has already been strained Mm. because I stayed in the marriage longer than I should have. And she was negatively impacted. And so rebuilding trust, rebuilding relationship, but also Mm. trying to say, listen, I'm only really trying to help you. Like that's all, listen. So really concerned about that. And then also being active, in my younger two children's lives at the same time while now trying to balance a relationship that has now went from long distance to cohabitating back to long distance. I'm like in the middle of planning a wedding. Mm-hmm. So I have to feed my relationship as well as spending time mm-hmm. with my children and, and balancing my businesses, which I know we're probably about to segue into, but that's where my concern lies or the things that I think about as it relates to my kids. You know, I really want to get them, you know, traveling and seeing mm-hmm. the world, like mm-hmm. seeing the benefits of all the work. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Makes absolute sense. I I totally get that. For myself, what I'm looking forward to as as a mom is I'm looking forward to when my children are junior adults. I like that that term, right? When they are junior adults and I'm able to just tilt my mommy hat just a little bit (laughs) so they can, you know, see me a little bit more as human per se. And we're able to hang out together a bit more and enjoy each other and travel together and do all of these things where I'm not as busy building and doing everything that I'm doing now, um, that things have been built and put in place for them and for myself to where now I'm able to live a bit more and I wanna be able to enjoy them and them enjoy me in that process. I remember I went to, um, I went to a brunch with a girlfriend of mine and it was trap brunch. <laughs> and at this, 
this restaurant, they, they playing all types of music and people having a good time. And I just thought to myself, this is not my normal place where I will be. However, I enjoyed it. And I thought, man, it'll be nice to be able to have my children here with me where we are at a place in our lives when this is something that we can enjoy together. Because that's mm. not something that I would do with them now when they were <laughs> 14 and 16. Like I'm not yeah. doing that right now. But as they get older, I think that's something that we can appreciate just going out and doing different things together. So I, I look forward to that. Okay. Yeah. Um, lots to look up. I mean, you see these little humans and you remember when you were birthing them and then you look at them now and they got personalities and mm -hmm. opinions and attitudes and wow. ambition and mm -hmm. all the things. And uh, it's just amazing. It, time flies so fast. Mm -hmm. So I feel like savoring them as they grow up, savor those moments, savor those memories. Yeah, yeah, nice. As I'm closing, I really just wanna bring it back to something that I heard you say, and I think it's something for all of us to make sure that we're doing is granting ourselves grace in this single parenthood journey and parenting period, you know, granting ourselves grace that we're doing the best that we can, we, we, can connect with all of the resources that we're able to connect with, but at least we can sit in the here and now, continuing to do our best, but just giving ourselves grace and permission to be. Um, so yeah, Chastity, it was very nice having you here for our girl talk. You as well. <laughs> all right, we'll stay connected. Talk to you soon. All right, bye. Hello, hello. Welcome to Brand New Me with Shate. I am your host, Shate Thompson, and I have Pastor Kim with me today. Hello, Pastor Kim. Hello, hello, hello. Glad to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, I'm so excited for our discussion today, just really going through the process of freedom and what that freedom looks like, right? So um, a little bit about Pastor Kim. Pastor Kimberly Bogan has been blessed to travel extensively throughout North America, Africa, the Caribbean, and Europe, spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ through preaching and singing. Ms. Bogan has a bachelor's in music education and a master's in music and theology. She is currently the senior pastor of New Beginnings Seventh-day Adventist Church. She was the first woman to be ordained in the Central States Conference and the Mid-American Union of Seventh-day Adventists. She is also the founder of the Love God, Love Sex Movement, a ministry that inspires women to love God, love their bodies, and love sex without compromising their faith or their values. I love that. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you. I'm excited. Love, love the opportunity just to be able to share and talk about all things sexuality and becoming a healthier you. 
Yes, yes. Okay, so, you know, I first got introduced to you after hearing you preach and after I heard your sermon and I heard you talk about, well, I have a group now. So (laughs) I went into your group. Yes, yes. And I've been enjoying just the content that you're able to provide, how active your group members are. It's a true blessing just to know that that there is that safe space and the freedom to be able to be our authentic selves, right? So what inspired you to start the Love God, Love Sex movement? Yeah, I think uh, it was a few years ago um, and I was just in a, in a really frustrated place. Um, I had just gone through a breakup mm-hmm. and um, I was feeling just really overwhelmed and frustrated with my singleness and having to manage my sexuality in that context. Right. Um, it's kind of getting annoyed and oh, like, here we are again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I figured I wasn't the only one that was feeling that way as a woman of God, you know, saved, sanctified, but still living in this um, in between uh, moment where between actually having active sex versus right. not. And so um, I created a space for women like myself who mm-hmm. also needed to work out what it means to be a woman of God who has desires, who has urges. Right. Um, so it started, I guess, like in a, in a single space, single woman space, but it has mm-hmm. since evolved to, you know, for women that have any issues with their sexuality, whether they're married or not. Yes. As the movement grew, I realized that it's not just single women, it's married women too that have mm-hmm. struggles. So it's been just an awesome journey to see how it has evolved and grown. Um, But I would say that it started from just a place of frustration for me and to have a space to talk with other women about it. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. And I, I mean, I see more and more the way that God uses us from everything that we personally go through and when he helps us to get through it or be in a better headspace and heart space with it, how now he calls us to be able to help others. Um, so it, it, it's a true blessing that, that you are doing the work that you are doing. Um, so before we even dig deep, right, I know that we, we have so much, that so many questions that I want to <laughs> ask you. <laughs> so before we dig deep, I, I think I need some definitions, right, okay. just to help everyone be on the same page. Okay, so I'm going to ask you for a few definitions of um, a few terms so you can help us to make sure that we are understanding, right? So I like to use the word sensuality, right? That, that, that we are sensual creatures. So can you tell me the difference or just help me understand sexuality and sensuality? Yeah. So when I talk about sexuality with my woman in the, in the love, God, love, sex experience in the community, I'm, the majority of the time I'm referring to a woman's identity and how she shows up in the world, um, especially in relation to other genders. Mm-hmm. Um, it's her capacity for feeling sexy. It's her capacity for attraction. It's her capacity, you know, all these things. Um, it's her sense of self. It's all of that um, is what I comes under our, our sexuality. It's something that needs to be expressed. Right. It's something that needs to be explored and, and managed in healthy ways. It's a part of who you are. Um, it's, something, it's something that you have from birth. 
other people may look at sexuality in a different way, but that's generally where I'm, I'm coming from, the more holistic um, uh, meaning or definition. Mm -hmm. Whereas sensuality is li literally living life through your senses. <laughs> um, <Huh>. Okay. <laughs> just it, It's choosing to be aware that you have five senses and you're digging in or leaning into living a life that has a hyper sensitivity to your senses. Hmm. Uh, so yes, it can have, it can happen in sexual spaces, right? but holistically, if you're broadening it, it's really sensuality is just choosing to live a sensual. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Okay. Like, wow. That really tastes good. Or <laughs> that's a beautiful sunset and really taking it in or that feels good against my skin. Mm -hmm. You know, um, this smells amazing, you know, right. Yeah. Really into that and not, and not being apologetic about living a life that indulges. Definitely. As okay. Yeah. As a Christian, when you start saying indulging and pleasure and right. feels good and smells good, mm -hmm. you know, people get a little nervous, but <laughs> That's what I was thinking about. Well, now I understand why I kind of thought of sensuality because I definitely am in tune with with senses and how I see and feel and things that like all of that. Um, it touches my soul, right? So, right. so well, okay. it contribute to a positive sexuality. Mm -hmm. um, so, if you are if you are in touch with how you feel and what's good and what's not good, mm -hmm. will definitely transfer to a healthier sex life. Nice, very nice. Okay. So sexual immortality, where does that come in? What what's immorality that? or immortality? Immorality, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, immorality, when we're talking about something that is immoral, mm -hmm. uh, what I share with my ladies, I'm speaking about things that are unethical, things that uh are unwise, things that are uh, not just in okay. like, injustice, uh, things that break the heart of God that goes against mm. God's will for your life, mm -hmm. things that hurt you personally, mm -hmm. uh, things that would hurt somebody else. Um, something that's immoral, uh, would be engaging in activities where consent is not present. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, things like that I would, I would consider to be immoral. Yes. Okay. Now this is a, a big one, I think. Um, lust. Yeah. Lust, lust, lust. Uh, I would say lust is a disordered desire for pleasure. Say that um, again, a disordered desire for pleasure. Yeah. I would put it in the space of it's like, or it's almost like dysfunction. It's like dysfunctional pleasure it's where you it's like you're taking something that's good pleasure mm -hmm. desire something but it's it's in a way that's unhealthy it's in a way that's inappropriate it's in okay. a way that um is not what a christian person should be doing okay um yeah that's how i how i that's the container i put less in that you know it's not it's not it's something that we shouldn't be um trying to do Mm -hmm. It's something that we should stay away from. Stay away from. Okay. Okay. I can respect that. And then pure. So when we want to be sexually pure, what would that look like? Um, 
I try not to utilize the term sexually pure. Okay. I know that it's uh, very common in uh, faith circles. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would, I try and lean towards more like sexually healthy. Okay. Uh, sexually positive. Mm-hmm. If we're talking about purity in the Christian sense. Um, it's something that only Christ can give us mm. off top. So mm-hmm. if you're, if we're going to talk about being sexually pure, um, if you, there would need to be an acknowledgement that this is something that is Christ centered right. and grace based. It's not something that you can conjure up or you can do. Now it's typically shared in that way, how to be pure, right. what, do, what not to do. But I think that is just a faulty premise. Mm-hmm. Uh, because purity isn't something that you can do. It's something that Christ gives us. It's his righteousness that's pure. So the, the whole, the whole, the, the term in itself to me is faulty. That's why I try not to use it, but I understand what people say yes. it where they're trying to go. Right. So and it's said on a great right, all the time. Yes. <laughs> so if you're wanting to be pure, I would say, you know, one thing I have desired of the Lord and that will I always seek after. And that is to be in the presence of the Lord. That is to mm-hmm. seek after him. That to me is where purity comes from. It's a, right. it's a, it's a focus on the things of God and allowing that focus to inform your decisions mm-hmm. about that, about sensuality, all those things about what, what's going to please you. What's not right. comes from a place of I'm following after God. Yes. Okay. So thank you for that definition. So I think that really just leads me right into where I'm, I really want to go with you, right? It's because so many, I hear so many stories about women feeling shame with their sexuality, with their desires, with the the way that they, they have felt in the church or been made to feel in the church. So I know that you do extensive work with breaking down sexual shame and um, when it comes to religion. So can you help the listeners by providing some tips, you know, to help them get on the other side of sexual shame? Yeah, sexual shame is such a monster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is, um, it's, it's a gargantuan rock that is just holding women in yes. a hold, women of faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and the more I do this work, the more I realize how much, how sticky it is, you know, yeah. and how it takes a lot to really undo and unlearn um, a lot of thoughts and beliefs that hold us in this place of sexual shame. Mm-hmm. So sexual shame in a nutshell is, you know, something is wrong with me. Right. <laughs> something is wrong with my desire. Something is wrong with me being horny all the time. Something is wrong with me desiring sex or there's something wrong with me because I want too much sex. Mm -hmm. There's something wrong with me because I don't want it enough. You know, it's just this idea that there's something inherently problematic with who I am as a woman of God Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. of these desires. And so I do a lot of um, affirmation work really dealing with our mindset around Mm -hmm. our beliefs about sex and who we are as sexual beings. There's a lot of, you know, sex is good. Sex is of the Lord. Um, God wants me to feel good. God wants me to experience pleasure. God wants Mm -hmm. me to celebrate my body and my body is meant to be enjoyed and adored and appreciated. And just even having to say those things starting Mm -hmm. there in a great way, but even that alone starts to conjure up all types of... (laughs) 
resistance yes. mm-hmm. and um, discomfort. You know, what do you mean, Pastor Kim, that, you know, pleasure is good, you know, because I was raised that pleasure is something that you're supposed to be suspicious of and something mm-hmm. that you have to be careful with. And so, you know, I, so that's one of the first things we start off is just dealing with what you believe about yourself, what you believe about sex and what you even believe about God and sex. Right. And what he wants kind of, for you. Yeah. Right. What he wants for you. And just kind of removing the weeds um, that are holding your sexuality hostage just based off what you believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, we deal with just, uh, I guess, different activities that you probably can do lean into your sensuality. Mm-hmm. Um, so being intentional about paying attention to what feels good and what doesn't feel good and giving yourself permission to say that I like this or yes. I don't like this and understanding why. Okay. Um, that's also very helpful. I help women also kind of process their, what I like to call their touch timeline or even like a, a, a sexual autobiography, as it were, to kind of just pinpoint how did you arrive at the fact that touching your genitals mm. is a sin? Like, mm-hmm. where did that come from? Mm-hmm. Who taught you that? Uh, who reinforced that belief? Um, and then giving them permission to decide, do you want to continue to hold on to that belief? Or how is that belief helping you? How is it harming you? Uh, what does the word of God say? you know, doing a lot of questioning and exploring of your thoughts and beliefs, I think is really helpful in overcoming sexual shame. And then finding community, which is why I have the Love God Love Sex community. Yes, yes. But I think that really helps with overcoming shame around our bodies and shame Mm -hmm. around sexuality. When you're able to talk about it, when you're able to see that you're not by yourself, when you're able to just kind of share and get stuff off your chest. Um, It's very freeing, very empowering. And it almost, it's like, see, shame, sexual shame, especially religious sexual shame, thrives in darkness, Hmm. thrives in isolation. But when you bring it to the light, when you bring it around people um, who are trying to overcome it, it loses its power. It loses its hold on us in ways that cannot really be described. It can only be experienced. One of the blessings of the My Love, God, Love, Sex experience is just kind of seeing, it's like you can literally see the weights. (laughs) falling mm. off of the woman as they're talking and hearing other women share it's beautiful uh, because it's it's just a freeing it's just a freeing space so those are some of the things um in a nutshell that I think help women overcome religious sexual shame really talking about it getting you know relearning some things going back into scripture and understanding what God really is saying about our bodies what God is really saying about pleasure and our sexuality and kind of going from there and then community I think is huge mm-hmm. in, in helping you overcome good stuff now what stood out I mean everything you just said is amazing because it really helps us to even start that journey for ourselves right. um, to start breaking down that shame if anyone does have it um, but you mentioned touching oneself and you mentioned being if someone chooses to be comfortable with touching oneself, that there's scripture that you kind of um, bring to their attention for them to now start making some decisions for themselves. Um, Are you able to share any of those? Yeah, I wouldn't say, and thank you for asking so I could clarify. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I wouldn't say that there's like a specific scripture that says, go ahead and be free. Mm-hmm. I would definitely say that there are principles. Okay. Um, so, 
I don't have the exact like place where it is, where, but where Paul talks about, you know, everything is permissible, but not everything is be, uh, beneficial. Okay. Uh, I think is, is a great start place to start when it comes mm-hmm. to whether you're going to masturbate or not. Um, right. I encourage women to really live from a place of freedom in Christ, knowing that you are living in a place where Christ has enabled you to make wise spirit led decisions about mm-hmm. what you're going to do and what you're not going to do. Right. Um, and understanding that you have, you have the freedom to be convicted on whether or what you're going to do when it comes to experiencing pleasure. Right. And so when it, when I, when I help ladies with working through masturbation and where it lands for them in their season, where they are in their life journey, I don't really tell them it's a sin. It's not a sin. I give them things to think about mm-hmm. um, with the understanding that they're already praying about it. They're already, in, you know, in a relationship with their creator. Uh, and so one of the, one of the first questions I asked is, uh, what do you believe you can experience by yourself for pleasure? Just generally speaking, like if you're by yourself and there's no man, you never, like, let's say you never get married. Let's say your husband is away on business. Right. What are things that you can do for yourself that feels good? Um, mm-hmm. that brings a smile to your face that helps you enjoy the abundance of uh, creation that God has provided here in this world. You know, what, what are those things that you're going to do? What are those things that you're not going to do or that you don't feel comfortable doing? And then you, that person would have to decide if masturbation would be one of those things. Um, another question that I asked is, what does it mean for you? I think mm-hmm. for Christians, um, sin is not so much the act, but we're dealing more with our feelings, our mindset, why, Mm -hmm. you know, things are happening, why Mm -hmm. you're choosing to do it. Is it coming from a place of, is it coming from a place of safety, a place of health, a place of um, wanting to honor God and your body and the person that you are in relationship with, if you are, Um, is it a coping mechanism? Is it for self-care? Is it for sexual health? Um, is it to manage uh, a dating relationship so that you don't like go have sex with the dude and so you mm-hmm. run one out real quick before y'all go on your little date so you yeah. can get yourself together? You know, there's just so many reasons. Is it because you're divorced? Is it because you just got you just had a breakup and you're just feeling all kinds of feelings and you're trying to manage it and work through it? Um, are you trying to are you trying to fall to have a healthier a more in tune relationship with your body because you've been through abuse and trauma mm-hmm. and you want to kind of work through touching yourself again and do right. it feel, feeling safe to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just, there's just a multiplicity of reasons why somebody would be engaging in sensual touch um, that, that I think the Christian faith has not probably done a great job of acknowledging of how nuanced it is. Mm-hmm. Very much, I think we were raised in a very black and white thinking. Exactly, right, yeah. But the more I, I study and the more I listen to the experiences of women from all walks of life, that it's, 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 it's kind of complicated. Definitely. And that's why, that's why the spirit of God is, is so important to have mm-hmm. as followers. You know, it's that, that intuition, that sense of, you know, God, 
and, and having this idea that God wants us to live an abundant life. God wants us to live a good life. There's already enough suffering in the world yeah. that is going to come to our lives regardless, just by us being alive on this earth. Mm-hmm. We don't need to add to the suffering. Um, and so I'm saying a lot over this one question, but. Oh no, you're good. This, I think that's kind of where I take the ladies on a journey of like, what does your sexuality look like for you as an individual? Mm-hmm. Um, how does loving God fit into this decision that you're making? Right. Um, is this, is this something that you can do with an awareness of God's presence? Um, and that's, you know, something that to work through as well, um, when it comes to sex, generally speaking, a lot of women have a hard time even fathoming, um, the idea of the presence of God being with you yes with your sexual decisions um, mm-hmm. because you know we're, we're so t- we're taught that it's such a negative dirty mm-hmm. painful thing um but that has been the journey and it's you know a lot of women come out of my teachings come out of my trainings choosing not to and mm-hmm. there's also a few that come out of it saying I'm, this is something that I'm going to explore this is something that I'm going to look into and they're feeling they're pretty feeling pretty confident about it so and I just kind of leave them to work that out I don't really place any judgment or right. condemnation but provide the safe space to work out their own sex ethic that's going to glorify God and also honor their bodies and those that there are they are in relationship with Wow. I love all of this because, you know, this just, just kind of helps individuals to feel a lot more comfortable in their skin, right. And helping them to embrace their own experiences and then know that they, there, there is more to life. Like their experiences doesn't have to define them, right? There's so much more to it. And the work that you're doing, it's kind of helping to shed light on those gray areas Mm -hmm. and those, you know, different shades that are in between the black and white that as Christians or as believers, it's, it's not often or if ever (laughs) spoken about. So I truly love that you're able to even bring light to all of this. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a blessing. It's a, it's a hard work, (laughs) but it's needed. It's definitely a needed work to you. When you mentioned uh, something you said, but I thought of, I think it's Romans somewhere in Romans where, where basically Paul gives like an expose. He goes, he, he gets very clear on how to manage gray areas. Mm. Uh, The, the Jews, and the Gentiles were going at each other over eating veget- eating vegetarian food or drinking yes. wine. Yes. They were going back and forth on what's right and what's wrong. And Paul was like, look, be, be, be convicted, be persuaded in your own mind, okay? Yes. <laughs> uh, don't judge the decisions of others. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, understand that the decisions that you make, sincere decisions will glorify God um, if it's coming from a place of conviction and not trying to judge others. And that was a very freeing chapter. I forgot that maybe you, if you have um, notes, I, I'll let you know like what the exact chapter yeah, is. Yeah, because I've, I've read it. So yeah, I'd love yeah, yeah, to yeah. let you know, so I'll really add it. Mm-hmm. Right, that there, there are not gonna always be stuff that are straightforward. Um, and in those moments where there's, where there's gray areas, there is counsel that, you know, there's things that you need to work through and there are things that you need to think about um, so that you can make that decision again, you know, exploring one's sexuality is a healthy thing. Right. Knowing your body's anatomy is something that's healthy. Mm-hmm. It, sexual ignorance is not something that God wants us to, right. to, 
you know, be a part of. And so one would just have to decide what exploring one's sexuality and embracing one's sexuality looks like for the, for that person, depending on where they are in life. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, so, okay. I'm going to go back to masturbation just for a moment, right? Okay. What if the individual is not lusting when they're masturbating? Mm-hmm. Um, where does that fit in? If they're not lusting, then I guess it's, it's a matter of this feels good. You know, I, I'm, I'm going to enjoy this. I'm going to lean into this awesome gift of that God has given, Mm -hmm. um, and kind of work from there. If you're, yeah. So I think if I, if I hear like, sometimes I'm like, is there, is there like words behind the question? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I think the, the, one of the main hangups around sensual, like sensual touch and touching oneself is mm-hmm. what are you thinking about okay. um, what's, what's happening in your mind. If you, you know, are you, are you having to watch porn? Are you, you know, things like that nature. And so that's where I think people feel like it's unwise and unsafe because of your, your, where your mind takes you. Okay. And so, yeah, I think, yes, God, God wants us to manage our thought life. Mm-hmm, God wants definitely. us to manage our imagination. Absolutely. A thousand percent. God wants us to have self-control. That is the fruit of the spirit. If the spirit mm-hmm. is in you, you will have, you will have control of your thoughts to be able to manage them. And I think there also needs to be a conversation about sexual thoughts in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I think typically it has been, it has been preached that thinking about sex in and of itself is we don't do that, especially right. if you're not married. Um, you gotta just, you know, cast those 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 thoughts. Like aside. it doesn't even happen. Yeah, yes. you know, hold them captive. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there needs to be a more healthy conversation around sexual imagination, sexual fantasy, sexual desires, and all of that, and how that relate, how that fits into the Christian life. Mm-hmm. Um, the the found the principle for sure that I tell my ladies without telling them what to do is that desiring sex is not a sin. Thinking about sex in and of itself, a thought comes in your mind is not a sin in and of itself. What we do with those thoughts, how we process them. I think that's where the spirit leads us into Mm -hmm. deeper uh, ways of honoring God. Um, uh, I think have, so you know how we, 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 we know that Santa Claus is not real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we think about it. We know that Superman, Superman and Batman are not real. Um, there's a lot of freedom in, in that area. Like we have a lot of freedom to create thoughts in, 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 I don't know, Cinderella, Disney world, you know, we could, we can utilize our imagination there. Right. However, all of a sudden, when it comes to sex, people like, Whoa! people get terrified. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, uh, they carry a lot of shame, a lot of guilt, a lot of worry around that. If you have the maturity, now not everybody does. Right. This is where the spirit of God comes in. This is where, this is where responsibility for freedom comes in. Okay. So if you if you have the capacity to imagine, but understand that this is this is imagination station and not hmm. reality. Mm-hmm. You know, if you are imagining that you are with some guy, right? um, versus I'm going to find this guy and actually do what I'm imagining. Mm-hmm. Um, those are two different things <laughs> Okay, uh, I'm learning. And I think, I think there needs to be a more, a more 
healthier conversation around our thoughts about sex because a lot of women and men for that matter carry a lot of shame about what they're thinking about and feeling like because I'm thinking about sex all the time there has to be something wrong with me and I'm saying that's not necessarily true there's Mm -hmm. actually there's nothing wrong with you but let's talk about your thoughts let's think about our thoughts where are they coming from why are you thinking them and how can we better manage our thought life in a way that glorifies God and honors the fact that we are sexual beings as well that we are okay so now you 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 got my mind going now because (laughs) now you're saying that with the maturity with the holy spirit you can imagine or there's possibility that you can imagine but can you imagine and it still not be lust yeah because lust i think is lust is rooted in covetousness lust is rooted in um it's rooted in this, like, I, I got to have it for me. I got to do it. Lust is rooted in, I think, unethical decisions. It's rooted okay. in this idea of uh, it has to be for me. I got to have it now. I don't care how, who I hurt in the process. Mm. I don't care if it hurts me in the process. Mm. I don't care if it hurts God in the process. I have to have this apple pie. <laughs> okay, okay. I have to have you know, this, I have to feel this feeling. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, which I think leads to addictions. I think it leads to a lot of like unhealthy ways of being because I gotta have have it. Right. Um, but can there be conversations around being able to manage desire and manage pleasure and manage feelings? Yeah. I think there, I think there is a space for that without carrying shame about it, without having to repress it. Mm -hmm. I think, I think there, I don't think the answer is never to think about sex. Right. I think there has to be a conversation about healthy management of desire, healthy management of, because the thing about your imagination, it's very helpful in having a healthy sexuality. Okay. And I, I don't think people, re- I don't think Christians realize that. I think mm-hmm. they think like, no, it's all bad. I think, no, right. there's, there has to be, if you're going to embrace your sexuality, whether you're married or single, mm-hmm. there has to be a way to figure out how are we going to manage these thoughts? Not, not, not ignore them, not repress them, not beat yourself up over them, but there does need to be a space. So sometimes I tell women that if, you know, depending on the season that you're in your life, Maybe you need to get a journal and maybe you need to just, you need to write, get these, you need to probably just get this out of your system. Woman mm-hmm. God. If you're thinking about it all the time and you can't, you can't do it with a dude, you can't, you know, you have this, this fantasy, maybe you just need to like, get it out, process right. it. Yes. Uh, give it to the Lord, talk to the Lord about it and keep it moving as opposed to, oh my goodness, I'm such a bad person. Then I'm right. Idris Elba. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay well let's, let's get a book let's get a little yes. journal and let's just let's just write through your mm-hmm. little Beatrice fantasy and let's yes, let's yes. process that get it out of the way get it out of your system um and then keep it moving as opposed to repress 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 right and just feeling so bad about self like so in, bad in about the process mm-hmm. yeah that's okay. one way it doesn't have to be but I that is one way that some women manage right thoughts. Yes. Okay. So I, I love that you're going down the, the, the line of managing, right? Because I know divorcees or individuals yeah. that 
or in relationships and now you're going through a breakup or Mm -hmm. you, you, you've been there, done that, experienced it, desire it, right? Mm -hmm. So we definitely need some practical tips that folks can have. So I love this first one that you, you mentioned, but do you have any other practical tips that individuals can use? And even if they're in a relationship where they're courting, so now that they're thinking about marriage, like this entire journey, you know, there's, there's going to be the sexual desires. Yeah. So I think coming out of a breakup, coming out of a divorce, uh, the first thing that comes to mind is creating new memories, creating new pathways of thinking when it comes to um, your, your desires mm-hmm. for sex. Um, it's, it's, and giving yourself a lot of grace and compassion because Definitely. you are a human being that has emotions and, mm-hmm. um, it doesn't mean that you're a bad person because you've developed feeling for some feelings for somebody that you have to now, um, diminish and, you know, kind of move on from. I think, I think when it comes to having to manage, like, especially if you were divorced and, you know, you had, you were having sex on a, on a regular and now it's gone. I think providing yourself a safe space to kind of work through not having sex on a regular with this person anymore is key. Mm -hmm. Um, And really leaning into giving yourself grace and giving yourself a space to still feel good. Mm and not punishing yourself for wanting to feel good, um, allowing your, but it just may be in a different container now. It just may right. look different, um, but allowing yourself that that grace to work through uh, what that looks for you now. Um, it doesn't mean that you're going to have all the answers right away. Right. But I think for a lot of women, it's okay if you still get horny thinking about a guy that you broke up with. It's okay that you, you know, or that you're divorced from, it's okay that you still want him um, or still desire him. I think that's normal. Now, what if it's someone that, okay, so you're divorced for a few years, you've broken up, like you don't want that person, but you still have the desires to be touched or to feel um, good. So what are some ways to manage your sexuality at that time or yeah and then I think now we're now we're getting into boundaries and we're getting into sex ethics um, okay what 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 is how do you want to show up as a sexual person mm. how do you want to show up in the world mm-hmm. um in the relationships that you have with others um uh, are you at a space now where you just want to be you just want to be hitting anybody that you, that, that turns you on, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, are you going through that, that after breakup, that post breakup, right. you know, like, I just, I'm going crazy. I'm going to whoever, <laughs> right. a level of interest. Mm-hmm. Um, now for some that may be where they are and I give them grace. Thank God for the grace of God that holds yes. you. Mm-hmm. Those um, but then maybe you might be in a more, in a, in a different headspace where you're like, you know, Yes, I want sex, but I want it to be with somebody that I'm married to. It's somebody that I'm in an exclusive relationship with. You know, those, you know, these are these are the ethical questions that you start to work through. If I'm not in a in a um, exclusive monogamous relationship, then at the bare minimum, I may kiss a guy that I meet. Uh, I may enjoy that. 
and that goes no further. That's just kind of where I'm at right now. Mm -hmm. Somebody, you know, you kind of have to work through those things. Now, what informs those questions or those decisions are, of course, the spirit of God, uh, the, your, your community, people that you are in community with, I think Mm -hmm. might be able to give insight on now, you know, girl, you know, Mm -hmm. you can't just kiss a dude, you know, you. I know you. <laughs> you know, who probably could tell you about yourself and kind of yes. accountable. Um, science, I think, is also important in talking in our decisions. Just understanding that our bodies and understanding that we're hormonal, periods, all of that, I think plays a major role in how we determine what our sex ethic is going to look like. Yes. Um, and kind of a- a- asking those questions. There's no, but to me, there's no, like, this is the way walkie in it. I think it's, again, it's really nuanced. It's a lot mm-hmm. of gray, and you have to kind of know yourself. You have to know where, what God wants for you. You have to know where you are on your journey and what you can handle the capacity that you have to manage these feelings, I think mm-hmm. is also important as well. Those are some of the questions I would be asking somebody that wants to navigate sexual desires, especially coming out of a breakup a relationship. Yes. Now I've, I've heard you share before and I thought it was, um, great nuggets. I've actually like used it for myself sometimes, <laughs> right. Where you mentioned that sensuality right now, when it comes to touch and feeling good, that there's different things that we can do. Like we can take a nice warm bubble bath or we can light a candle or we can, go for a walk or we can play music and dance like all of those different types of movements are things that can help to bring us pleasure um Mm -hmm. without necessarily indulging in the act if 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 we're trying not to or if we're led by the spirit not to so I thought that 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 was great nuggets and I just wanted to make sure that you know I put it out there for the listeners to know that this is something that that's also an option. Yeah, I think, especially as you get older, your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, um, it's okay to validate your need for Mm -hmm. touch, your need to feel good as we get older. Like it is a natural and normal thing to want to feel good, to want to feel uh, pleasure. We were made, we were made for this. Like we were literally, God literally created us to be, to, to be touched. Mm -hmm. (laughs) God literally designed that for us. <laughs> God literally designed us to enjoy uh, living in our body mm-hmm. and to connect with it and understand that, it, oh, it's moving. And oh, this something is awakening within me as I'm yep. moving my hips right now. <laughs> um, and kind of just enjoying and, and leaning into that. Mm-hmm. Um, God you know, created us to enjoy things that smell good. There's a reason why the world is created the way that it is. Uh, and so, yeah, I really encourage women of God to not live in a gray world, mm-hmm. but to really like the world is so colorful. The world is so beautiful. There's so many things that taste good and that are amazing. And I think, I think we have been shamed or taught to minimize our sensuality, uh, because it makes us look, I don't know, it makes us look like we were thirsty. It makes us mm-hmm. look like we're too sexy it just you know it makes people uncomfortable right to enjoy like if you're going to like sit and enjoy a strawberry and really like just make it be the most tantalizing <laughs> strawberry yes. ever, there are people that would look at you like girl <laughs> 
Why are you like so turned on by right. this strawberry right now? Mm-hmm. Because it tastes amazing. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> there, you know, the end. That's it. So I think there are so many healthy ways to satisfy our desire for pleasure, our desire to be touched, our desire to be held in ways that don't compromise our faith or our witness or our values. So yes, yes. getting a massage, uh, enjoying a bubble bath. Uh, getting a good hug from a friend, mm-hmm. you know, and just enjoying a good, healthy hug mm-hmm. from somebody that you trust. Um, there have been conversations around women like getting a good cuddle in from a good guy friend. And I mm-hmm. think that there, there are conversations about that. I think if you can handle it, if you can be responsible, I mean, do you, you know what I'm saying? To the mm-hmm. glory of God. There are other people that would feel uncomfortable with that. And that's okay too. Um, if you don't want to get a good hug in from a dude, maybe you could just, it could be with your children, nieces and nephews. Uh, I don't know if we don't really do welcome time at church anymore. Right. But, uh, <laughs> but, I, but the bottom line is it's okay to give yourself comfort. It's okay mm-hmm. to give yourself pleasure. You know, buy yourself the best sheets you can find so that when you yes. slip into bed, it feels amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, tell if you're in a relationship with you, if you are married, tell your spouse what feels good, what you enjoy, what you like, um, advocate for that. It's okay yes. to say, this feels amazing when you do that, or when you mm-hmm. touch me that way, or you hold me this way, you know, it's okay to, to really speak up and find ways to comfort yourself. A good cup of tea, you know, oh, just that's really my favorite. Enjoy, yes. right? the way it just mm-hmm. goes down your throat and it just fills your body with good feelings. There's just so many, I just, I really believe that God wants us to live in a place of abundance and not from a place of scarcity yes. when it comes to good things. Um, I know there's, I know there's a lot of teaching around suffering and beating your body up and disciplining your body for the cause of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, there's, there's conversation for that too. Um, but I also believe that this fruit of the spirit is there to give us parameters and boundaries you know, yes. and to, to, to manage the responsibility of living in this world and living in this body. It, does, yeah. it doesn't mean that you throw out the bat, the baby with the bathwater and just live this boring life, repressed life. I think it just means that you, you lean into the spirit and ask the spirit to lead, uh, lead in how you experience pleasure. Makes absolute sense. All right, good. Thank you so much for sharing that. Absolutely. Now, this, this, this question is one that definitely comes up for many individuals. So I, I know that I have to ask it, right? So while rediscovering oneself and getting to a place of saying, you know what, I don't want to share myself with anyone right now, right? Like when, when you get to that, that place where you're just tired, tired of sharing yourself and the way that it makes you feel. And you're just at a place where you just want to be with self and not have to deal with all the extras that comes with sharing yourself with anyone. So how can someone smoothly transition to abstain or become celibate? I love the question because yes, um, I'm all about pursuing peace of mind Mm -hmm. (laughs) and pursuing joy and moving away from chaos and drama and discontent. Um, What came to mind as soon as you said that was like one day at a time. Okay. Um, Some, I think some days are going to be good and some days are going to be like, It's almost like you have to come up with a plan 
in, in the, the Stop the Shame Challenge, I, I, I had the women come up with a, a plan to overcome their sexual shame. Like, what are you going to be? What are the thoughts you're going to be thinking? What are the activities you're going to be in, indulging in to move towards mm-hmm. a healthy sexuality? I almost feel like you have to do the same thing with abstinence. Okay. What are your thoughts around abstaining that you are going to uphold? Um, what's your why leaning into that? Mm-hmm. Uh, what are what are your activities that you are going to lean into um, to satisfy and help embrace your sexuality without having sex? Um, and as a sidebar, I think all of us need to learn how to embrace our sexuality without having sex. <laughs> yes, yes. So I think married or not. So I think it's great for everybody. I think to to be on to have that part of their journey. Um, and so that that would person would have to decide what that's going to look like. Are you if you if you're feeling horny, what's what's your what's your plan of action? What's what are you gonna do? Hmm. Um, if you're dating somebody, what are your boundaries? And just kind of really getting clear on what you value when it comes to intimacy, what you value when it comes to connection, and then deciding this is how I want to experience intimacy. This is how I want to experience connection. So examples could be, you know, as part of my abstinence journey, I'm really gonna do a lot of salsa dancing. I'm really gonna do a lot of Zumba you know, to enjoy still feeling good in my body without having a man present mm-hmm. <laughs> or needing a man present. Right. Um, these are the, these are the friends that I'm going to call when the dancing isn't helping. Uh, these are, this is going to be my nighttime routine, especially like for women that are trying not to masturbate. This mm-hmm. is my, this is my nighttime routine. This is how I go to bed. Um, this is how I fall asleep quickly. <laughs> um, you know, all these types of things I think might be, you're giving me an idea. Maybe I need to do some type of challenge for women that want to be celibate to kind of I work like that. through yeah. what your, what is your plan of action going to be mm-hmm. to navigate those spaces? Because I get it. It's rough out here. Um, it's not a, it's, there's no, there's no easy way I think to live in that space. How, and then I think also how long you know, what are, is, if, if, if marriage is something that you want to, if marriage is on the table or being in some type of, you know, relationship, what's your plan of action to date, mm-hmm. um, to meet people so that you're not in this space of celibacy for years? I see some women talking about, I've been celibate for 10 years, for 20 years, and I'm just like, wait a minute. <laughs> what's the goal? <laughs> like, is, this, is this God's will for your life? I don't <laughs> Um, is it? I don't know. I don't, right. I, don't I understand there being seasons. I mm-hmm. think seasons are needed. Um, I'm going through that. That's my season right now, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm not trying to stay here. Right. Maybe, you know, there's there are I am actively working to step out of this right season. So I think that's also a conversation as well. That mm-hmm. um I think I think the church has kind of elevated celibacy and abstinence to the point that people are not even trying to right to leave it so yeah those are some of the things that come to mind is coming up with a with a an action plan yeah Yeah. and on how this is how I'm going to navigate this season and this is what I'm going to do if I mess up that's Mm -hmm. you this is what I'm this is this is how I'm going to you know bounce back or this this is what I'm going to say to myself Mm -hmm. I, I really am a big promoter of helping women not be victims of right. their decisions, but mm-hmm. to own their decisions and be responsible mm-hmm. 
decide like, this is how I'm navigating my sexuality. This is why I decided to sleep with him. I know that I'm trying to be abstinent, but this is why I did it. Right. What I was feeling and just owning that woman of God, owning mm-hmm. it, don't be beating yourself up, but let's just, let's just call it what it is so that you can jump back into your plan exactly. and know what the next step is, as opposed to beating your chest mm-hmm. and, you know, going through all these what was me type what was me stuff right we're we're off that you're you're a grown woman okay (laughs) yes you you said you decided to have sex because you wanted to Mm -hmm. (laughs) let's just and you you were you were sad you were bored you you wanted somebody to hold you okay now let's now that we've decided that this is why you decided to do that what's your next step how are we moving forward and let's just let's just keep it moving there is now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus Let's pick ourselves up and keep it moving. Beautiful, beautiful. Great stuff. Oh my goodness. Okay, such nuggets. All right, so on your website, right? Mm -hmm. As I was on your website, I fell in love with the way that you described the freedom that individuals receive, right? You shared that in the work that you do, it's Mm -hmm. about freedom. And through the work individuals do with you, then they are able to have freedom in Jesus to make spirit-led, informed decisions that honor God and our bodies. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) I appreciate that. That means means a lot because I'm about to revamp my website. So hearing you say that that resonates with you is helpful in how I move forward with redesigning the website mm-hmm. yes keep that please okay. <laughs> <laughs> so my question to you now is what is the love god love sex experience it is uh an experience really um of nav going with a bunch of women few of us i take a small group of women and we navigate this uh sexual journey the sexual healing journey um, and what it, what it means to be a woman of God that loves God, loves sex and loves her body without compromising their faith. Yes. And so it basically is an opportunity for women to be in community with others. Um, and it's, it's a safe, intimate space. So the community has like a 2000 plus women in there. Mm-hmm. So yes, it's a safe space, but it's also 2000 women. Right. Whereas the experience is like max 10 to 12 women. Okay. And it's a lot more um, intense and a lot more handholding. If there's women that are trying to decide how they want to live in their bodies as a sexual woman that loves God, this, the experience helps them figure out what that's going to look like. Okay. So there are teachings that I provide. There are resources that I give. There are activities that they do that are just like, really, Pastor Kim, you want me to do that? Yeah. <laughs> there are um, professionals that I bring in because I'm not a, I'm not a sex therapist. I'm not a um, psychologist or a therapist. So I do bring in the clinicians that mm-hmm. can give the informed perspective yes. on what it means to live in our bodies. And I provide more of the spiritual aspect. Um, I'm actually really excited because I'm revamping the whole experience. And so the curriculum now is called, is going to be called the seven laws of liberation. Hmm. And so we're basically going to go, go through each different law, you know, uh, you are liberated to love your body. You're liberated to love sex. You're liberated to 
love God, we're liberated to love others, you know, and just mm -hmm. kind of working through what that means in relation to understanding, understanding your sexuality. So it's been really awesome to see how it has just really helped women. But in a nutshell, I would say that it is a mentoring program, an exclusive intimate mentoring program for women of faith that want to explore what it means to be a sexual woman of God without compromising their faith, their witness, or their belief system. And they come out of that thing empowered. They come out of that experience just like a completely different woman. It's always oh, it surprises me even to, to mm -hmm. some degree like, wow, you have, you have really leaned in and developed another level of confidence in who you are, mm -hmm. confidence Definitely. in your body, confidence in who you are in Christ. Their relationship mm -hmm. with God has gone to another level. So it's really impactful to see how it's helped so many women. Blessings, blessings, blessings. Nice. Very nice. Mm -hmm. So as I ask everyone that come on here to speak with me, what's one thing that you have learned on your journey? One thing that I've learned on my journey, ooh, is that God loves me more than I thought. Hmm. <laughs> um, and when I say me, I mean like me, me. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, not the pastor Kim me or the, the one, the Kim that everybody sees on the outside, but the real me yes. um, and want to engage with me. Um, and that has been really freeing, um, especially coming from a place of being a people pleaser and looking for validation and acceptance over the years, um, having a sexual, sexual abuse and sexual trauma in my past you know, will make you feel like you're not lovable, will make you feel right. like you're not deserving of being loved. But this journey that I'm on has really opened my eyes to how much God actually loves me for me mm -hmm. and wants to be in relationship with the real me um, has been really freeing. Um, and there's a freedom, I think, that comes with knowing that God wants to see me. Um, it it kind of just frees up this idea to have to come with pretenses or come pretending to be something that I'm not, you know, I don't have to pray the way that everybody thinks a pastor is supposed to pray. Right. I don't have to, you know, dance the way that everybody thinks a pastor is supposed to dance. I can dance how I want to dance. In mm -hmm. the presence of God. And I can, it's just, it's just been a real awesome place to be where God loves me and wants to help me and wants to, he wants me to live my best life. God wants me to do more and be more, um, he wants me, the real me, to be at peace, mm -hmm. to enjoy life and all these things. And so it's just been an awesome, awesome place to be. Beautiful, beautiful. Amazing. Yes, I truly loved this time with you, Pastor Kim. Thank you. This is good. Um, how can listeners stay connected with you? They can find me on Instagram. If you go to Instagram, love God, love sex. Um, I'm there. And from, from the Instagram page, you'll see all the links to find me. I'm also, my website, KimberlyBulgin.com is there as well. If they want to get on Facebook and join the community, it's called the Love God, Love Sex community. But all of those links are on my Instagram page. So I like to just okay. uh, put people on Instagram. If you go mm -hmm. there, click on the link, it'll just send you to all the different spaces that I can help serve them. And, um, communicate with them they can email awesome. me did, did you send that to me I, I don't know if you did if you didn't can you send it so I can add that in the um, notes please absolutely 
Absolutely. Definitely. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Well, this has been amazing. I know that many of the listeners are just going to eat all of this up because it's something that we all can benefit from. Um, So really, really good. Um, So my to to close, I'll just let everyone know that you can definitely stay connected with me on my Instagram page is at Shate Thompson. On my Facebook, it's Brand New Me Journey. Um, And then if you're looking for consultations or coaching, you can go to my website, which is brandnewmejourney.com. Know that you can, we love to hear from you. So please, if, if you found this podcast beneficial and helpful, go ahead and rate it. Let us know how it was helpful. If you have any questions, you can always send questions or topics that you want us to cover um, to Shate at Brand New Me Journey. Until next time, be intentionally hopeful and authentically you. Take care. Bye.